You ready? Yeah, I thought you had a one-liner. I do have a one-liner, but it's not really a great one-liner. It's just one-liner. Well, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> okay. Ah, welcome to another edition of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. Tonight we're doing spooky things in the cellar. Oh, we're Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. I am your host for this special spooky edition, uh, the the uh, mischievous Mike Michael Moeller, uh, joined today by the uh, Jack O' Lantern. John Ronane. Do you have just a list of adjectives related to Halloween? <laughs> David Dracula Satterley. Yes, he does. Uh, and we're we're here in the cellar of uh, of Monic, and uh, this is if you've ever wanted to join the Patreon, this is the time to do it because of the video content that we have going on right now. But we're not just down here alone. We're also joined by one uh, bloody buddy. Okay. Uh, and uh, <laughs> one uh, one one beastly Brian Holton, uh, but he's the brewer at Monic. Uh, Brian's one of the co-owners here and founders. And uh, th- seriously, I can't even describe how weird this setup is right now. It's like dark down here. We've got candles. We've got beers. We've got glow sticks. Um, probably going to be like a midnight poker tournament here in a little bit. Uh, so we're all celebrating uh, Halloween, and I think David has a vision for this, so I'm going to let him take it away. Indeed, I do. And we're talking about beers that are slowly fading away. So we have the last uh, six-pack of existence of Kaiser von Schnitzelberg. Until next year. Until Until next next year. year. Which was blindly rated Kentucky Commons Radio Hours, number one favorite Oktoberfest to drink through tubes uh, a couple weeks back. And if you've ever drank through a tube, I'm going to suggest the tube be shorter because we did inhale lots of air. Uh, which created a significant amount of beer gas and bloat. And we might have sucked a little bit of each other's juices on accident. Uh, okay, I never... There's be a better way to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. can't say that ever again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, our, our, if you watch our Oktoberfest episode, this beer came in right at the tippy top of the tasting, and I really enjoyed it, and uh, we're probably going to see the last of it tonight. Should that be an ongoing tradition? Whoever wins the uh, blind tasting Oktoberfest, we shoot a spooky Halloween episode. Uh, only presumably it, it'll always only be a Only if they have a cellar with candles yeah. and tasting and it's spooky. Deal. Spooky. But anyways, um, since we are in the cellar, we're going to taste a couple of beers that have been cellared for a while. came from the cellar. We'll be in the cellar maybe a little longer. And the first one for Halloween that we're going to do here is provided by uh, Bloody Brian. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Is that an English term? Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna do the bow first. Let's, what are we doing? let's do let's do this. Uh, this is Bo and Luke. Do you want to talk about Bo and Luke? You know a lot about Bo and Luke. Uh, yeah, this Bo and Luke bottle is from the first batch that was hewn in at Against the Grain in Louisville, Kentucky. Collaboration betwixt Against the Grain and Brauerei de Mola out of Holland. Um, this is a an imperial stout with, that's smoky and strong, but this is, I might reiterate, the first batch, which I don't know if it was done in like 2012 hey. or 13 or when it was done, <laughs> but it's Brian, old. Brian, you're old-fashioned too. Thank you, George, for delivering the old-fashioned. 
Yes. And uh, why why is Holland special to you, Brian? Are, are you going there soon? I'm. I mean, Holland is a very nice place, and it is I love a place Holland. that I will be going to in the next few days. So, so well, buddy, we're both yes. going to be traveling there. Excellent, hanging out with family and friends, and then also brewing a beer at Yopen, a brewery in Harlem. That's awesome. So this. As I already said, Bo and Luke is probably eight or nine years old. Incredible. But we would have to ask those guys when they brewed the first batch. They were against the grain. I give them credit for the Bo and Luke. They were one of the first people in Louisville that started doing those like uh, beer release events, you know, a la Dark Lord. We don't know what Ferris was doing back then. That's true. That's true. Their double Bach every spring was probably something to wait in line for with your goat. It smells good. Cheers, guys. Happy Halloween. Cheers. Cheers to Cheers. Boo and Luke. Ah, <laughs> son of a bitch. This is really one of those beers that I do think gets better with age because the smoke kind of dies off. Yeah, this holds up great. But it's still a little peaty. It's thinned out a little than last time I've had it, I would say, unless my palate's just in a different place, which is possible. This is nice. And I also think probably the last few that I've had of this have been their different like flavored variants that they do. So it's kind of nice to like get the original 13% easy 13% mm-hmm. easy yeah I'm not mad at it drinks yeah. like six yeah nine years she's real tasty well done against the grain I think I think this is a good time to talk about um, basically I want to know as far as Halloween goes were you ever really scared as a kid and, and what was yeah, it? but of weird things, not like of like monster movies, but well, so clowns always. And then one time on Easter, my parents took me to like a Holiday Inn brunch buffet and there was like this person dressed up as the Easter bunny. That's the wrong holiday. Well, but it was the most scared I've ever been in my entire life because they wanted me to get a picture with the Easter bunny. But then luckily, right before it was my turn to go, I should have also mentioned there was a pool in this room. The uh, Easter bunny fell into the pool. And I guess the guy probably almost died because falling into a pool with one of those costumes on, probably not the best situation. But I, I did escape my fate that day because the Easter Bunny got all wet in a holiday in pool. Yeah. So that, that was my scariest childhood memory, I think. Buddy, do you have any scary stories? <laughs> you don't look like you're scared of much. Uh, except the three people that are staring at you right I now. I mean, <laughs> specifically Halloween, no. But no, uh, we lived close to Fort Knox, so there was always booms going on. And during Desert Storm for like the full period of time, mm. I was like, this is the end. This is it. Every time there was a big enough boom at night that woke me up, I was like, well, here yeah. we go. They also flew across like over our property in those big C-130s, but they were pretty low. And I was always watching for people to parachute out to come and attack us in our tiny little <laughs> podunk town in Kentucky. So, so that was my greatest fear as a child. Yeah. So you That's ed- very real. You edged out the Cold War, but you did have to live through desert storm level panic. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then one of my buddies, his dad brought back a bunch of vials of desert storm sand, which mm-hmm. I still have somewhere. So it was a totem to re- remember that there's nothing to be scared of. I don't like it. Just sand. It's good. It was just sand. Yeah. Brian, um, were you scared of anything in particular? Maybe dinosaurs? I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't have anything that comes to mind. I've had, when I was a kid, I had a few instances where I almost died that were scary, but it was not uh, 
anything in particular that scared me. Just mortality itself. Yeah. Just yeah. Death. Death Death itself. Existential dread. Um, for me, for me, it was definitely um, chainsaws. Chainsaws. Hmm. I just couldn't hear them. Couldn't listen to them. It was done. Doesn't matter. Well, that's like the classic haunted house. Like they come at you with those too. Yeah, and you really don't know if there's a chain on it yeah. or not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah. it sounds there was not all the same, but it sounds <laughs> the same. It sounds the exact same. And when you when you hear that and they come after you, you run fast. And if you trip, that's even worse. And yeah. I definitely didn't trip, but <laughs> just saying that would be something to be scared of. Muller, would you like you to share? You have an answer here. Uh, like no, to share? I, I do. I mean, yeah, when I was in high school, uh, the 2008, you know, housing market crash was pretty scary. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it's all in a really rough position. I didn't that's know true. what was going to happen the next day. So You were uh, like a, a sophomore. <laughs> when I was eight, I was just watching my 401k just go down, 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 <laughs> like every day. Was, you couldn't turn on the news. Very scary. Well, worrying about your future. No, okay, but okay, but for real though, what about and I, I don't this is I don't mean to make light of this, but it's just how kind of scary it was, how like we had different threat levels oh, yeah. after 9-11 that we were just like, oh, we're in the orange now. Like, oh, things are slightly worse than it was yesterday. That was kind of scary as you know, somebody that was young. Yeah. I'm gonna go deep state for a second. C- contrived fear, man. The old TSA, the I mean, old maybe. security levels. Sure. Jeez Louise, and look where we are now. But I was also like pretty young. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> so, effective. Yeah. PsyOps, man. And, and you know, we had 24-hour news network channels on all the time. Exactly. So that's just what was on TV. Yeah. That's a good beer. It's very good. It super, is. Super, super holding up. It tastes nothing like the age statement or APV. Still, yeah. still kicking in. And they did these in these like giant large format bottles too. Like nine years old. Yeah, you would think, you know, coming out of a barrel and going into a bottle and at the early stage of their being open, there would be some compromise to, you know, something would have gotten in there that could have turned that beer sour or whatever, but it's not. It's it's good. For those that aren't familiar with this, and I don't want to harp on Bone Look for too long. Um I thought it was Boo and Look. Moon. <laughs> <laughs> uh what like just read read that label like just describe the label for people that don't know that aren't in kentucky okay so uh, against the grain uh famously used robbie davis for all of their art he created these characters uh smoke and the other one was barrel or probably Ash. something like that uh yeah so these guys are how har- harbored up here like dukes of hazard style on general lee which i don't even know is like a pc term now um but it definitely existed in the show um, I can't read the label because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's dark down oh, here. I will read it by candlelight. It beats all you ever saw. This barrel gel uses staple ingredients, barley, rye, corn, plus cherry wood smoked malt to create a huge imperial stout. To top it all off, we barrel aged these beer and uh, barrel aged the beer for three Kentucky months, which I'm assuming is like the normal time of a month. Probably. Um, yeah. But the result is a rich, complex imperial smokes now with hints of caramel, vanilla, and spice. And I don't I don't get a lot of vanilla, but yeah. And it's 13%. But this at the time, complete game changer in the, the barrel age world. Um, but I do think we should try something a little spookier. I know I've had this beer. I think Buddy's had this beer. Uh, <laughs> Michael's had this beer. But John is not. Yeah, so. let's try it. We're gonna put our resident. Oh yeah, resident taster 
to the test here. Now, is there a gimmick here? Like, I, I don't know what it is, and we, I just try to... You don't know what just describe. No, I don't know what it is. Correct. You just want me to, do, like, describe what I taste? I want you to do what you do best. So, let me tell you more about the deep state, then. It's, uh... We're here for this. Yeah. No, I can see it's in a really nice, fancy bottle. Have it's you, corked. Have you heard of icebergs? Uh, psh, <laughs> please, don't even get me started. <laughs> if you're going to start, you better go. Is there an iceberg conspiracy theory? No, the the iceberg is the tip of the conspiracy. Okay, theory like the iceberg tier or whatever, the top yeah, yeah, of yeah. the iceberg. But there's so much underneath it. Birds are fake. Birds aren't real. Birds aren't real. That's yes. right. Chemtrails, yes. flat Earth, uh, simulation theory. So it's a beautiful color. This beer that we're getting poured here, especially by candlelight. Pyramids. Uh, free, uh, the pyramids were. I don't know what the best pyramid conspiracy theory is. They were power plants made by the ancient Egyptians to power their uh, light bulbs that they had for some reason. Correct. Nonprofits masquerading as real estate companies. <laughs> yep, exactly right. We just don't know their calculators, that's all. The Illuminati. So I'll give you the name of this beer. It is barrel-aged. It might even be a little more than barrel-aged, but it is called Thought and Memory. Okay. Well, it's uh, So first of all, especially in the candlelight, as I mentioned, it's a beautiful color. I don't know if it'll pick up on camera. It's probably too far. Um... Nice lacing on the glass. I'm guessing we're obviously going to be at a higher proof here. Thought and memory being the translation of the names of the two crows of Odin. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but we kept saying hugging and munning. Okay, uh, I'll take it. That works. It's probably hugging and mooning. So, so, and then in addition to this, you also have Odinstadt on. Odinatsa is Russian for the number 11. You But it's, we're going to call it Odin for the sake of Odin, this pun. Yes. Do you guys make any beers that are easy to pronounce? <laughs> Hawks. Well, actually, that's <laughs> not that easy. <laughs> I thought it was Hugin and Moonen. That's not what it's So the notes on this are super interesting. A big kind of like, it's, it's kind of halfway between, to me, it's like halfway between like floral and cherry kind of fruit with a little bit of raisiny like plumminess kind of coming off of it. Not what? much hoppiness to speak of. Kind of some of that like uh, melanoidin family of malt, but like that could be decocted pilsner for all I know. It's not decocted pilsner. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's really good. That's super, super tasty. Wow. It's, so it's again, it's like it's a... Uh, Deep cherry going on towards plum kind of flavor. It's very, very nicely balanced. You said it was barrel aged? Mm -hmm. I could not guess what the barrel is. Um, Lean into the fruit. Okay, brandy or something like that? Okay. Yeah, that's really, really, really nice. Sorry, was that not supposed to give him a hint? No. Well, no. I, yeah, I would have gone for I couldn't get pick up any booze, but brandy definitely makes sense with it. Yeah, it really, really picked up that cherry character. It's deep and it's dark, and it's like, actually, as it sits on my tongue, it's coming forward even more with that, like, kind of on the tip of your tongue cherry thing. That's really good, but it's not sweet. It's super clean and right. well finished. It's very, very nice. So a uh, big reveal is uh, it was uh, double that we put down. Uh, we had two uh, apple brandy barrels and then two Ooh, nice. grape brandy barrels. And oh, okay. Back blended them. So um, I think the grape comes through, but it's more of Now that, that you say grape, I pick it up, but I, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it, it it's that evolved grape. It's more like raisiny than it is mm -hmm. grapey. And then uh, there is, uh, I pick up a, a little bit of like the depot character, like that coconut kind of yeah. extraction. of Yeah, the, I would get wood. more like vanilla yeah. than I do like coconut, but I can see where you're going with that too. Yeah, that's fantastic, guys. 
That's great. This is this is a great beer. Uh, great work on this. This yeah. is exactly what I want to drink in the winter. Hundred um, percent. And this is going to be released during Louisville Beer Week, I believe. Yep. So it, uh, I believe Sunday is the, the release date. So wow, people have to get a bottle of this. This is fantastic. So we'll have it on draft as well as bottles. Hell yeah. uh, we did six cases of bottles, which is fun because you can put some down to hang on to and see how it evolves. Case in point with the bow and loop. Yeah. This is uh, something I think we'll just yeah get better and better and better. And these collectible are bottle conditioned. Or? Yep, bottle yep. conditioned. Um, the uh, kind of our our approach for any of the the seller stuff that we do. We have a, a Kelder series and a Classic series. Classic series is anything that would be normally conditioned in a bottle. We do anything that qualifies as that Kelder series is barrel aged. Uh, this happens to kind of come together yeah. with both of those categories, but um, it. It's one of those things when you barrel age something and then you try to get some carb up in the bottle. Um, it's no, the carb is perfect. On it's it. worrisome it's like, that it won't ever get where you want it to get. No, it's great, man. So. It's not so it's not overcarbonated at all, uh, but it just effervesces on your palate and just brings the flavors out. And it's yeah, it's super super good. Um, and yeah, the first time we tried this, I, I think I told you I was like, I have never tasted a beer like this. I was gonna say usually beer. with these yeah. like big bottles like Bo and Luke for example like I'll pour myself some of that and then I'll just like sip on it for like a couple hours or whatever I can't stop drinking this this just keep going back so the biggest thing that I think uh as far as like the evolution of the the base beer was how the uh, Belgian candy sugar kind of expressed itself over time where it was less of the uh, brown sugar and more of that like weird rich caramelly I think that's what I'm kind of getting with that melanoid in the flavor or whatever yeah Belgian candy makes sense there too that's really really nice super good it's just a super elevated double you know like a double is pretty much like cut and dry you you know what flavors you're getting out of that that barrel adds so much to that and it's fun to see more stuff like this coming in Louisville like you guys have been pioneers on doing these barrel we're down in the barrel cellar right now so there's like a lot more little secret projects back in the wings here yeah uh but more and more breweries around town too are starting to kind of lay things down and kind of let them let them do what they're going to do you know my wide has done some fantastic barrel age stuff i know um like obviously against the grain does a ton but everybody now is, is kind of putting out something exciting at least you know once or twice a year that you want to seek out i put this at the top it, of that list it's starting to get that way but um you know when we've been on the road recently this is just what we've been asking folks because i always feel like people outside of kentucky get better access to barrels than kentucky breweries do and that's through different barrel brokers like i mean there are some large companies out there um you know in, in missouri and like in mississippi i mean how what does barrel sourcing look like for monic so uh I've been lucky enough to kind of create a new relationship with a gentleman um, at Barstown Bourbon um, where like his family and my family grew up in the same area, like his people know my people. And so anytime I go out there, I'll take a t-shirt and a couple six packs <laughs> and a blank that's, check. Hell yeah, that's girl sourcing from Monica. And, yeah, yeah, and then it. he'll, after we talk about whatever, he'll be like, oh man, you're good. And <laughs> that's so, awesome. Not not to reveal too much, but he's been he's been a great partner in that, um, you know, the the brokers are really tightening up on what stuff gets back out into the market. Because yeah. when you buy new oak, they want old oak back mm-hmm. as part of that transaction. Um, so we've been lucky enough, like I said, to, to kind of establish this relationship. But I, I know there are places where you can go and, and roll up and buy a barrel for, I think they're, you know, 130, 150 bucks. Oh, 
we're just like that's a, that's we're just pay tax. attention to your Instagram DMs and just yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the whole point of any of this is uh, forming a, a partnership and a relationship where two entities can invest in in something, and when when those beers get released, sharing that with him and his team is going to be a big deal to me. Um, Copper and Kings is great. Uh, Brandon and his team uh, are wonderful about uh, when they have something cool. Um, yeah, they do a lot of cool stuff. That's where the brand new beers oh, okay. nice, from. Nice. Yes, uh, we we got um, their La Raja. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes. Was, uh, that was the Curacao. 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 Yeah. Um, and yeah, those guys are great partners. And it's always nice, like I said, when it comes time and those those beers come out, to then reach out to those guys because they're around spirits all day. Um, they light up like it's Christmas when you bring a six pack of beer, <laughs> and um, and likewise when they they when they bring you some spirits, yeah, yeah. like yeah. when they like give the us spirits a, of Halloween, exactly. Ooh. 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 Uh, as an aside, if uh, if Monic does happen to want some absinthe uh, finished rye barrels, let me know off air because <laughs> that's a new thing. Uh, anyway, um, I think a, I want some absinthe finished driver else, right? Yeah. Should, should also just for the let's just decide this right here now on the podcast. No editing required because we never do it. Uh, should we uh, go on like Facebook Live or Instagram Live or something just for a few minutes? Yeah, just to, we'll just start it. We'll continue to, the conversation. To have some weird fun with this. Yeah, go for it. Okay. All right. Um, do you want to you want to do this one? What's that? So, have you guys heard about? I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce it right. Thiles? Thiles? I think it is style. Is that, are you referring to the, uh, the, the, the yeast that needs a precursor? So it's a, yeah, it's a new thing. And so my question is, is it more, uh, is it more science or is it more marketing or is it actually a pretty good place where those two things kind of converge? Um, for, for those who don't know, it's, yeah, it's basically a bioengineered yeast uh, that I think Omega originally created, or they might have taken it from escarpment. I don't know if you know the origin of where these things came from. It It is on my radar as a, I've heard the name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's well, something Yeah, they started into. using it because uh, I know that there's like, Thiles is just another one of those little, it's kind of like a terpene. It's just another one of those like little like essential oily flavorful chemicals that shows up a lot in grapes. Um, I know a lot of wine yeasts were originally known for like thial production, which is what you get in a lot of like the um, I'll, I'll screw up the styles if I try to get specific. But my understanding is it's a lot of like the lighter, fruitier uh, kind of like German summer wines, Rieslings and Gewürz demeanors and things. Gewürz demeanor. Yeah. So they basically figured out how to get those, um, you know, yeast are traditionally known for turning or, uh, sugar rather into alcohol and carbon dioxide. In addition to that, you know, when you're Hefeweizens or you're Belgians, you're also getting ester production and some phenol production. I guess these yeast additionally will throw off these little thiols that they get out of the hops. What, is, what are you opening over it's there? It's a ghost. Okay. <laughs> it's a ghost. Um, and uh, if if Scott were here with us, he would probably have a lot to say about hop biotransformation. I was about to say, how does this relate to biotransformation? It's a, essentially it's supposed to be another mechanism to encourage the biotransformation of those hop theols through the metabolism of the yeast into, you know, what's essentially just kind of like a different kind of ester that, that they're throwing off. Uh, I probably technically did not describe that scientifically perfectly, but that's that's kind of the gist of it. Um a lot of people have started experimenting with them. Did you guys said you'd played around with them a little bit? 
Okay, haven't done it yet. Why didn't you just say this is the new hotness? It's new hotness. New That's hot what I should have said. Yeah, it's the new hot shit. New hot shit. Um, I know Atrium did one here recently. I know Milewide's been playing around with them a little bit. And this is one uh, from friend of the show and uh, excellent home brewer who was recently at GABF with uh, his collab with uh, West Sixth Evan, uh, from Evan Brill. Evan Brill? Yeah, so thank you for this, Evan. Um, but he made a Thiel IPA and like nobody makes IPAs better than him and really has an understanding for all these things. So I thought we could crack it, try it, see what the hype is all about or see if it's just... Uh, and he has a canner? Yeah. That's yeah, next yeah, yeah. level. That's next level. Well, he has a seamer. Like, 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 an October thi- like an October thing or... Yeah, I think it's like a cannular, but same same idea. Uh, yeah, we actually... Uh, Michael and I uh, had the opportunity to go to GAVF when I actually ran into Evan there as well. Um, so he got to go out and uh, have his beer on tap there. He won uh, West Six's homebrew contest that they have. And then uh, when they select a winner, they brew it up on the big system and then distribute it out. Um, so we got some of that in Louisville. It's cool that a Louisville person took home uh, that little, little victory at Alex. But yeah, uh, Evan makes some really good stuff. So if if there's anything cutting edge and he's working with it, it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my ball in his court. Yeah, and his IPAs I've had like most of his hazies over the years, and they're already like stellar. He does them very 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 well. Um, so right off the bat, you know, it's got a huge hop aroma to it. It's got a huge bouquet. It's very kind of like uh, gives me those like just old kind of galaxy vibes. Not quite as dank as that. It's it is more kind of passion fruity and bright. Um, and I don't get any of that like cat pee or any of that kind of garlicky grassiness off the nose. Uh, as an aside, while you're doing that, Matt Watson from Henderson says hi. What's up, Matt? Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. And then what on the palate, is he still at Henderson? Is a question. I don't, I don't even know if he's still on this live feed. <laughs> <laughs> For his sake, I hope not. Yeah. So uh, the the grassy oniony thing you speak of or garlicky thing yeah like the allium bite yep is what i always yep generally pick up on something of this ilk that turns me away from the the style but yeah, that, I'm, not, I'm not getting this ne- that any of that necessarily yeah so. especially in the nose the, the the nose to me is actually bigger than the the mouthfeel and we did just drink bow and luke and uh, a barrel aged brandy <laughs> ale so like you know my palate's not completely fresh here is that is that what it's called allium that's uh, like that's a family, family of vegetable of, or of like a of garlic grasses onion. or whatever okay. those are. No, that's great. Um, like for judging purposes, I've never really known what to call that. And that totally makes sense because you told me it did. Not because <laughs> I knew that. And then I would say, you know, to me, honestly, the uh, the aroma surpasses the flavor on this. Not not to say that the flavor is off, but the aroma is huge um, for the amount of hops that come through on my palate. And again, my palate might be blown out right now. Um Speaking of blowing out pallets, I'm going to go get some barrel samples. Hell yeah, man. What that? But no, this is really nice. I'm still of the opinion that like, you know, this might be more of a marketing thing than it is like a game changing thing. I've had, I guess, probably a dozen customers in the shop that have been either drinking these around town or playing around with the different yeasts. And I would say 75% of people kind of come back, not underwhelmed, but just whelmed. Uh, it's kind of marketed like it's going to be a game changer for IPAs and for like everything uh, in general, juicy bombs or whatever. And everybody's like, yeah, it was, it was good. Made a good IPA. And that's I think that's how I feel about it. Um, maybe they just haven't figured. Maybe they. But maybe. Yeah, they just haven't figured it out yet. The yeah. science is there. Um, it's like that and cold IPAs right now. Yeah. I don't, what is a cold IPA? 
IPL. Yeah, it's a it's a cold fermented IPA. So like Victory Prima Pills. Yeah, it's, it's probably better because it's IPA. Not okay. I have a I have a rational dislike of Victory Prima, but are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, I really don't. I don't. I, I like Prima Pills a lot. I don't like uh, Golden Monkey Sour. Mi- like I don't know. It's something in there. Maybe I mean this was probably like seven years ago. I just wrote it off. I, I mean maybe I've developed, but. I would I would encourage you to try it again. It's a, it's a good beer. Hey Brian, if you don't burn down the brewery, we can we can still record this podcast. But so thank you, Evan, very much for bringing this to us. Fantastic sample, and I really I really like it. Honestly, at the end of the day, my question is just deals, man. What's up? What did you do? What did you do? The other new trend is India grape ales. Have you had any of those yet? An IGA. IGA. Isn't yeah. that a grocery store? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah, because this is the content you're here for, folks. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, for Beer Week this year, Atrium again no, is no, playing no, no, around no. with one. No, is that well, no. this will be released after no. it's out? No. All right. Well, never mind. No. They can tell you about it. Scrooge. All right. Well, look, follow them on social, and you can see it an experiment. Or don't. Or don't. Yeah, don't. Or do anybody ever except for Monic. Yeah. Follow your your heart. That's what you should follow. Not breweries. If you hear that knocking back there. That's Buddy playing with his little barrels. I'll edit out the dead air while he's grabbing the beers. That's fine. I was just going to ask if anyone had a favorite Halloween movie. One that really like shook you to your core. Nightmare Before Christmas. That is a good Halloween movie. I agree. That is a Christmas movie. It's a Halloween movie, too. It's like a seasonal movie. Like You should have just said Coraline, if that's what you were going to say. It is that same uh, an, uh, animation style. Uh, it, wait, mean, so is Tim it, Burton? Yeah, uh, well, Batman Returns. Uh, is, is it a that counts? Is it a <laughs> Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? Yes. That's yeah. Yeah. Buddy, we're trying to podcast over here. <laughs> Just kidding. Carry on. This ghost. My wife is not a Halloween person. She doesn't love Never Before Christmas. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. My kids love Nightmare Before Christmas. But every time it comes on, she, my wife wants to debate whether it's a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie. And it doesn't matter. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's a, it's good, a good movie. Story. What if it's you watch it on Halloween and Christmas, like that Blink-182 song? When they have, they have Halloween on Christmas. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Are you guys going to buy tickets to see Blink-182 on tour? Uh, no, because I watched a TikTok of no. someone. <laughs> no. And where's Tom DeLonge? Um, but, uh, hey, coming back to the aliens, it all no. comes full circle. No, I did see a, a really good trend of this person documenting all the other concerts they saw and the amount they spent. And it was like six concerts before they totaled the amount of uh, money they would spend on one concert to, to Blink-182. Aren't tickets like $1,200 or something? <laughs> They're not, not cheap. That's insane. Too rich for my blood. Too rich for my blood. My brother in Christ, I would like all of you to see Blink-182, but if you can't, you can't, so. But, uh, yeah. <sighs> you know what I like are the like Halloween anthologies. There's one called Trick or Treat. You ever seen that one? No. It's about this like little goblin guy who runs around this like Halloween town. Approximately what decade was this? Uh, early, late 2000s, I would say maybe. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. 20, circa 2010 or something like that. So Trick or Treat is one I would recommend for the crowds. Um, ones, I would let the right one in, the like uh, Norwegian vampire movie. Guarantee you buddy's seen that one. Do we, do we classify James and the Giant Peach as a Halloween movie? Anything Roald Dahl can go seasonal like that, yeah. Roald Dahl? Roald Dahl. Raw dog. Raw dog. Anything <laughs> raw dog is definitely seasonal. 
Razzle. Right. Ooh, these look pretty. Oh, the old Razzle Dazzle. Oh, I don't think these are very chemically safe. What are you guys doing over on that side of the table? They're experimenting. The, the meth lab section of the... Uh, I smell <laughs> hair. I smell <laughs> hair. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, I do smell hair. <laughs> it's, that, it's that rotten egg. Is that what the you're looking for? What are we doing? This is old ale that was put oh, down in spicy. April. Very nice. So uh, New Year Old oh, Ale, sorry, obviously the namesake means you. we put them down. It makes me think cedar. What is going on? Mm. We put them down. We age them for a year, and then we release. Uh, there were was a gap with the COVID era where we uh, Man. rediscovered a 2019 barrel in 2021. Ooh, very nice. Wow. And um, released it, uh, limited supply, and it was unlike anything I'd ever had before. Uh, the description that I gave people was, like old lady fruitcake. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Well, it's so, definitely got some nose to it. It's yeah. very interesting. Well, th this Man. is the fresh one. This the is, yeah, this is fresh. This is yeah. uh, middle of April is when we would put it down. And this beer was brewed uh, just to put down in barrels. I'm still getting a ton of like aromas off of it. It's the the fruitcake one was almost like a two year. Yeah. So it yeah. came, it was down, it was in barrels for two years and was thought to be lost to time, but tasted amazing and so we we went with it super jammy this doesn't have any of that like trademark oxidation that i would associate with the good oxidation where you oh, get that clean. dark yeah. fruit stuff um but it is also just six months in so yeah it's still so, all spice it's super spicy so you said this was made specifically for a barrel <laughs> yep um how how often do you see something like that and they're like Okay, I want to make this one recipe just for a barrel, but hey, we'll also release it like green verde just to put out there for sales purposes. Uh, so Brian could speak to the Never Be Gold and Old Ale. Um, those exist as barrel age releases, correct? Correct. So those were engineered to be barreled and released as barreled beers. Generally, when we decide what to put down into a barrel, outside of that so it'll be something that'll be on draft so currently we have uh basic Baltic porter which is 11.4 percent baltic porter um which uh, quick <clears> plug <throat> if you have not stopped by and tried that it's great yeah understand that that's not even in a barrel yet that is hot fire um well it's one of the most fun things too about what yeah. you're saying is like tasting it when it's young and then mm -hmm. being able to try it as it ages and develops like that's just like a whole another level of experiencing so beer great candidates for that for that type of let's put something in a barrel if it's high abv yep you know instant qualifier and also would it benefit from the things that a barrel might give it so when we put the double down we put the double down specifically uh we released it as itself last year in november um we put it down specifically because we wanted to see what would happen in those brandy barrels and it turned out great yeah. um we currently behind you have uh the baseball supporter which we've mentioned mm -hmm. in two bourbon barrels um we have two odin Natsit russian imperial in the back in bourbon barrels and then to your right from the back going forward is four and extra stout two barrels of that two barrels of old ale and then three barrels of never be gold wow that's exciting so the plan going forward for any of the stuff that, that comes down and becomes part of the Kelder series is I try to hit it in a rhythm of quarterly brewing something that would make sense in a barrel so that as we bring something up, 
there's something going down. Yeah. Um, and once we strike a rhythm with that, we we're talking about year round, you know, options for, for barrel aged beers and never inundating yourself with too much stuff in the cellar. Yeah. Always kind of trying to strike that rhythm of something comes up, something goes down. So that's good. Yeah. It's good programming to have. And even the mindset of, Hey, we're going to do this. It's going to go into a barrel. We're going to wait. And that, you know, builds over time. And like a lot of foresight goes into that. Yeah. And then it's also a lot of chance. Absolutely. So, like yeah. The reality, which uh, the the glamour of seeing these giant, you know, houses uh, or the big cooler houses full of all of these barrels is not all those barrels make it to market. Like there could be something that happens in that barrel that makes it <laughs> bad. Yeah. Um, something as simple as just it goes tart because it, it picked up some kind of lacto or, uh, uh, you know, acetobacter or full on uh nail polish remover like it'll go full on acid there's no coming back from that yeah i was gonna say sometimes the fun thing about sour aging stuff too is it's like tastes like terrible sour watery nothingness and then you like do i dump it or do i keep it and then you taste it again six months later and you're like whoa okay this is totally so different now. when i started doing mixed culture fermentations at home as a home brewer because that's the natural yeah thing you get up to the point where you're like i'm gonna make william mick you do it three um, times and you're like, fuck this. Well, <laughs> when you smell it in the beginning, yeah. it smells like like sewage because PDO is one of the first things that kind of works its way into the mix. Yep. And then it works itself out over time as far as like cleaning up those those characteristics. But the first six weeks that something's down there and you go and smell the, smell the airlock, it smells atrocious. Yeah. So And it looks even worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, the first time that I popped a, uh, a barrel age sour uh with my own kind of like house micro blend yeah it had a full-on pellicle like i was like okay this is gonna be disgusting it i did great. my brew buddy back in the day with ricky shout out ricky and like we put a whole bunch of tart cherries in there and like i don't know what happened to it but like yeah it like it got gross and then the gross got covered up by like an inch of snow and then it got gross again on top of that and then it grew another <laughs> pellicle and we were like Dude, you, you try it first. Just try, I'm gonna try it. Are you gonna try it too? And we it was like, good or had no. to hype ourselves up, and then we drank it. It was very good. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the weird, weird part. Is like yeah. all the things that you try to protect the beer from when you go into that realm of beer making. It's like ah, fuck it. Let's see what happens. Let's fuck, yeah, exactly. So, so we're we're down here in the in the in the cellar. Bunch of barrels here, and uh, for those that are halfway familiar right. with how barrels are stored, they're usually stored like on their side. But I, I do see this one barrel just here in the in the center of the room. Is that just like a table for you all? The story behind that barrel is we got uh, that is an old L barrel. Sorry. So we have three old L barrels. When I was doing my uh, my accounting earlier, I missed that one. Uh, we put those in. Those were freshly dumped barrels. Uh, everything got racked down here. We have a really long series of jumps that gets us from down there yeah. through our cooler <laughs> down to here. Uh, which is great because it means that you're, you know, you're not moving full barrels. Obviously, that would be impossible. Uh, I came in the next morning and there was a trail of old ale on the floor going out the door and that barrel was leaking. So I started uh, scouring the Internet for ways to fix said leaks. Uh, it was in the head. I torched it, hoping to expand the wood, caramelize the sugars to stop the leak. That didn't work. Um, I started uh, contemplating the little tiny shims that you can put in there to kind of retighten that seal. Mm -hmm. That didn't work. Uh, I was really upset because I knew that that old ale was going to be amazing, delicious beer. Called the guy, the, my gentleman that I deal with at Barstow Bourbon. I was like, hey, uh, 
our barrel's leaking. Would you have any tips? And he, he was like, well, yeah, let me get on the phone and I'll, I'll have my barrel guy call you. He calls me and he's like, so what's the, where's the barrel at? The barrel was oriented up against the wall. So the spot where it was leaking, I could barely get to. So I was like, well, it's up against the wall. He's like, it's leaking from the head. And I said, yeah. He said, is it leaking from both heads? And I said, no, it's just the one that's up against the wall. He's like, well, just stand the barrel up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we did and saved the beer. Um, just stood the barrel up. Nice. Uh, I since, uh, after that, I wax sealed it. Um, I'm at a point where I'm wax sealing all the bungs after the transfers are done. To <laughs> is there a sound effect for when someone says bung? <laughs> Especially with wax sealing involved. Ah, yeah. there you go. You wax it. <laughs> it allows <laughs> it allows uh, me to have a little bit of peace and security because the the, the you know the tightness of that bung. <laughs> into that bung hole. Children, children. Uh, is not airtight. Yeah, and if only. And a lot of times, uh, you know, in, in revamping <laughs> in revamping the seller program down here, pulling those those old wooden bungs, there would be uh, fly larvae that oh, had yeah. I hate that. put themselves in there. And I don't think it got to the beer, but the fact that there was enough air gap that they planted themselves in there made me be like, well, we should just wax these when we're done. And then if the barrel's going to breathe, the barrel can breathe. <laughs> hey, Brian, Brian, you're old fashioned. So just, just so, we're, <laughs> so we're all clear. Brian is down here texting the staff upstairs to bring down old fashions as we're doing this, which thanks for getting me one. You know. That's what got me in trouble on Monday was the first old fashioned. Hell yeah. I've been doing sober October. And then we, we had a thing Monday where it was necessary to have a drink. Yeah. And then I got put into an Uber later in that evening. I know how that so, goes. <laughs> but the old fashioned was the turning point. The the gateway to the Uber. I don't know. Did I have two? I'm on my side. Okay. For my own reference. So thoughts on the the progress of the OLL at this point? I think it's fantastic. I would say it's still super spicy, which I think is good because that should carry over into mm -hmm. the, the finished product. I would like for it to pick up some more of that good oxidation uh, fruit character. Good thing is we, we're going to keep it down there for yeah. a few more months and see what happens. You can just tell that it has like a lot of, a ton of potential with how flavorful it is now and how much Absolutely. it's got going on. And uh, barrel has very odd, like interesting. You think it would add flavor, but sometimes those tannins kind of balance things out in a weird way that I think is going to really work with that. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, it's like a concept and bourbon, but like also like maybe, tasting the individual barrels to put in and see if you get anything different out of them. I think that would be a good <clears throat> like thought experiment. I guess, so, I, I guess the intention probably is to blend the three of them together. The The goal is always to uh, hedge our, our plan. So uh, with the, the barrel age double, the, the four barrels all tasted different. But when we did our test blend of those four, the, the whole, tasted really good uh yes this one had more coconut character would have been nice for that to stay more present in the foreground but also the complication of trying to release four variants of the same beer right can can create logistical issues and, and production concerns so um we always taste individually we make tasting notes on the barrels saying little hot not enough barrel, ca barrel character little tart, whatever we might be picking up from that barrel. And then when it comes time to blend, uh, it's just a simple like one-to-one, -one, you know, kind of pull a couple ounces, see how they work in a blend together. Um, 
this, you know, the revamping of this concept is young enough that we're really still kind of in the, in the mix of what works for us. But the intent is to have a product that can be blended in the end. If one of them is a star and the other two are, are not as shiny, um, I want to highlight the star. So, uh, that doesn't mean those other two get lost or, or get dumped, but you know, if one of them's perfect, I don't want to mess it up by trying to blend the wrong thing back into it. So, yeah. Yeah, I just always remember the words of Linkin Park. In the end, it doesn't <laughs> <Okay>. even matter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. You're right. <laughs> Which brings us to our next segment. Being Halloween, I want to bring you guys a special treat out of my uh, Satterley's special pumpkin. Out of your gourd? Out of my gourd. Um, this is sponsored by Atrium, somehow. <laughs> okay. But I want someone to put their hand in here. That's you, buddy. <laughs> and, and pick out a trick or a treat it's a waxed bung it's a uh, treat it's a birthday cake pastry sour oh my god you love these <laughs> I, I love you i love uh spencer and the maxes and rubo they are great guys the, and they make terrific beer both both maxes <laughs> yeah the maxes but yeah there, there's an i love you but well they know that i'm not into some of these styles and it's not because i feel like um it's not like a, a snob thing or like, you know, it's not that it's not about the purity of, of craft beer. Um, I'm glad that they have the opportunity to sell these types of beers yeah. because I feel like the people that want these beers will show up and they'll have this, but they will also have, uh, the, the check Pilsner or yeah. they'll have, you know, it's a gateway opportunity for them to kind of reach out to people that might not be super familiar with beer. I remember the first time I had Sierra Nevada, is 21 year old. I dumped it in the sink because I thought something was wrong with it. Yeah. I thought it was bad. <laughs> so this is a great opportunity to get somebody who might not have the palate of, of a seasoned beer drinker into a, an establishment that makes an array of delicious beers. Um, I, I will drink this. Well, since I knew you were going to hate that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did bring a uh, sneak preview of the Falsity and Atrium collab that they did. Um, this is called Contractually Obligated. I'll let you make your own jokes. Ah, uh, I smell hair again. Uh, who, who I think is, it's me. <laughs> it might be my like polyester Gandalf yeah, just burning hair. You would just, just you would go up like a torch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, just, just like uh, not wormwood. What, the what flame is, of Undune shall not avail you. No, oh, if anyone the guy gets that little, reference, no, who, unsubscribe. Wait, no. Who lit who lit himself on fire and in, in dough from the uh, Denethor, Lord Denethor? Yeah, thank you. It's the steward, rather. Yeah, the steward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, back so on I the burn like the heathen kings of old. Plug this. Yeah, back on the topic of thiol beers. Um, yeah, well, uh, India grape bales. Yeah, actually, so this is kind of blend of both of those, I guess. Um, this is contractually obli obligated. Um, Fall City Atrium collab they did for Louisville Beer Week, which uh, they'll be mostly over by the time this comes out, but it's great beer. Um, this is an inspired double in, double in the IPA. With Nelson Savin, Motueka, and a Riesling Grape Must. Okay. So they kind of are doing that like blending of grape juice and hops and barley wort. That, that, the can's not open. Is it? No. Yes, it is. I opened it. I was Sorry, to, was I, I not I supposed was, to open no, it? No, no. I was about to make fun of John for pouring into a glass. Of this, oh. with, uh, <laughs> this with the, some mezcal would hit the spot. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. It's got a little like a... Uh, what like what, what triple sec vibe or something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, Quantro for the fancy people. Mm -hmm. I love Trillium Grand Marais. 
I'm so, not mad at this at all. This is good. This is great. Yeah. And great. You said this is also thiol, thiol. Yeah, yes. I guess they use that yeast on this it. Is yeah. A thiol yeast. Okay. Yeah. They were playing around with one of those omega strains, Cosmic Punch, or it might have been the other one that I can't remember the name of right now. And the goal is for bringing out something special in the hops. Yeah. Allegedly, it's just and, better at transfer it at turning putting some of those hop oils into its metabolism and essentially excreting them as a just just a kind of a different kind of ester as my understanding biotransformation yeah yes which is long disputed um yeah but i do i do like I this beer. Fake. it comes out it's it's so dry like the the riesling mm-hmm. yeah it is it and the nelson which is always going to have that like pronounced character but yeah, and the, those Nelson, all those New Zealand hops kind of bring that, what well, the Nelson, obviously, but like they bring that kind of white wine character out. So th- those play nice together. I'm not mad at that. I think that's really good. Yeah. Somebody who hates this kind of beer style in general, it's it's really good. Yeah, I agree. It's one of my, actually, it's one of my like favorite hazies I've had uh, lately. It's juicy. Except for Evan Brill's. Cheers, Thanks, guys. Evan. Yeah, it's great. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers to Fall City and Atrium. <laughs> all good dudes. And old fashions. And old fashions. <laughs> <laughs> And cheers to Mike. Thank you guys for uh, letting us use your cellar and for giving us the pleasure of your company and all the good beer and the tastes out of the barrels. Most importantly, that's that, that was very, very special. That's nice. Yeah. Do we have any predictions on what the uh, popular Halloween costumes are going to be this year? I know hmm. a couple of years ago is Honey Boo Boo. But House of Dragons stuff. Jeffrey Dahmer. Ooh, you're right. Oh, be a son of a Dahmer. bitch. Fuck. Yeah, I don't love this like You're Jeffrey really Dahmer strange. thing. You think Stranger Things is going to be yeah. around? Yeah. Uh, hookers. <laughs> but wearing different uh, themed clothing. Yeah, like just like you dressed up like a doctor. <laughs> like stripes? Yeah, like or? one will be a doctor, but <laughs> yeah. also a hooker. a hooker vibe. Or a pilot. Yeah, pilot, but with hooker. And both ways. Yeah. How do, how do you know? Yeah, it's just in the air. Okay. Have you ever been out to Baxter Avenue on <laughs> Halloween? That's <laughs> fair. Yeah, Bart Zen Road will be a mess. <laughs> Zinny, Zinny, one thing, yeah, Dahmer is a good one. Um, I think Stranger Things is gonna. I, I recently saw one of my grade school friends dressed up as Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a uh, very uh, Jeffrey Dahmer enthusiast. Yeah. No, no, but he's he had like he's a dark complected man, and he had a blonde wig on and a skirt. Uh, I love and it. I was like, hey, it kind of works. Love but, it. <laughs> <laughs> is that the I, birthday I cake? The birthday cake. All right. All right. Let's so go. You, so Happy birthday to Boo. That was lovely. <laughs> Another good Halloween reference yeah. turned into song. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. This All right. You get strawberry, vanilla, and toasted coconut. Yes. This I know this birthday cake boy is supposed to be after a strawberry shortcake. Okay. That's what they were going for. It's got some clarity, which I am. Fucking looks like a strawberry shortcake. It, it actually tastes like a fucking ice cream truck strawberry oh, shortcake. No, I try it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I never got around to trying this when it came out, what, like a month ago? Well, around the birthday time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. As advertised. As advertised. <laughs> which is one of the things I'll say about Atrium's like uh, crazy beers. They are always very much as advertised. They nail those flavors. They really do. So Spencer came up to me. Uh, probably a month or two ago um and we we were i was returning some grain or something i was dropping something off and he's like oh you gotta try this this is the dumbest thing we've ever done and when, <laughs> i hear when him he, say that a lot when he says that he i'm like here that. we go that's what, what's what you said last time i was here let's drink it <laughs> we've gotten even dumber <laughs> uh, i think it was one of the uh it might have been blueberry but it was like aged on granola yeah and when he gave it to me i was like dude it just tastes like i do have sugar can but no it tastes like granola yeah. and yogurt and it tasted like what it 
was supposed to taste like. Yeah, so that lemon parfait like, one they did, they like nailed. It was just exactly right, well, right that, on brand. Oh, yeah, one. David. David that's has. Do you have like a belt that just has atrium sour beers like on it? Down they there? sponsored the trick or treat segment. Though. Okay, right. fair. That's yeah. fair. Did they? They did. Um, but yeah, go to atrium for all your dumb beers if you want dumb <laughs> beers. <laughs> and delicious regular IPAs, delicious colshes, all the other good stuff. All the beer is good. All the beer. It's just I want one of Rubo just shaking his head. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, it. my 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 favorite thing at uh, Atrium is the uh, bourbon that Rubo shares with me. <laughs> Rubo does always have a good little bourbon stash over there. I will say, good stash. Woo! All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Cheeks tingling. It's the acid. Yeah, yeah. Hit me. yeah. The acid hit this late. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Probably, probably call this one a night, but uh, Brian, I want to throw it to you, see if you got anything to plug. All along the widening gyre, the falcon calls to the falconer. Cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. The blood-wrenched tide is loose. I lost it there, too, but yeah, that's one of my favorite poems. You got me farther yeah. than I would... Turning own. and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot Amen. hear the falconer. Things fall apart. The sinner cannot hold. Ah, yeah, the ceremony of innocence is drowned. Something, something. That's the, a great the, poem. Though. The cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> Little, Little boy, boy blue, blue and, and the man, man on the moon. In the moon. Uh, Kentucky Commons <laughs> karaoke hour. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me so. When are you coming home? Barrel aged beer, huh? <laughs> Michael, you got anything to play? Uh, happy Halloween. Yeah. I'd like to plug that at this point, I don't have anything to plug because all of our projects are kind of like coming to fruition this week. And so I guess I'll just plug, uh, stay tuned to see whatever we have coming up next because we will start deciding that <laughs> next uh, week. Let's plug 2023. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah. What you got? Uh, plug your bone holes and keep them tight. <laughs> Wax them. Wax them. If you start to see fly larvae. tight. Yeah. Yeah. Come get some wax from Buddy. David brings home. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign out with the uh, the Bride of Chucky. Uh, it's an absolutely fucking terrifying movie. Um, if, you the if you have <laughs> if you happen to watch it, um, be afraid for me because I'm never watching it again. Deal. Uh, but yeah, this has been an episode from the cellar. Emonic. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.